what do you do when people tell you what to do? <laughs> do you love it? Do you love being told what to do? Or do you like to think for yourself? Now, it's interesting because as a results coach, as a personal exercise coach, a lot of people have shared with me, Rowie, just tell me what to eat. Just tell me how to exercise and I'll do it. I don't want to be in control of that. I want you to take control of it for me. And there's an interesting question to be asked there because what if Rowie's not there? What if your personal trainer's not there? What if your coach is not there? What if the person who's telling you what to do uh, doesn't show up one day? Wouldn't you then have to make decisions for yourself? So one of the great things that I've always, and I think it's great, uh, always shared with my clients, with my students, with my business colleagues, uh, let's not be told what to think. How about we learn to think for ourselves? Isn't that called critical thinking? But there's an interesting question to be asked there. Why do we want to tell people what to do? And if somebody comes to you and says, please tell me, please help me, please give me advice, isn't it interesting that we feel almost obliged to give it? Now, the behavioural scientists will share with us that that's come from when we were children. Our mum or dad said to us, if somebody asks you a question, you should answer the question. It's good manners. So tell the lady or answer the lady's question, answer the man's question. You probably remember that as a kid. But the interesting thing about somebody asking you a question and you giving advice, uh, normal human behaviour, of course, but how do we know why the person is asking the question, which is a great communication tool I was taught a very long time ago and I apply it every single day. When somebody asks me a question, I always ask, why did you ask me the question? Because it's really interesting when you apply that to your communication toolbox, uh, the reason you thought somebody asked you a question is usually not the reason why they asked the question. And... 99.9% of the time, and please don't quote me on the percentages, but it's very rare for me when I say, why did you ask me the question, that the person actually had a question. Usually it's they wanted to talk to me, give me information, tell me what to do, but it seemed more polite to ask a question. So I'll give you something. This is just a simple example I always use. If somebody says to you, have you been to Europe? Uh you might say yes, and off you go and you tell your story about Europe. But is it possible that if you, before you t tell your story or answer the question, you were to say, uh, why did you ask me the question? Great question, I love Europe, why did you ask me the question? Usually you'll find that the person is either planning a trip to Europe or they've just come back from Europe and they want to tell you all about it. But they can't just come up to you and say, oh, guess what, I've just been to Europe, or guess what, I've just booked a trip to Europe. So they say... Have you ever been to Europe? Now, it's not, it's not really a question. Does that make sense? They're not really interested in whether or not you've been to Europe. They just want to talk to you and tell you about them. And that's one of the things I find really interesting when it comes to giving advice. Because do people really want our advice or do they just want to give us their opinion? And as a personal exercise coach, as a person who uh, has worked with, and I'm an old lady now, I've been on the planet a long time, I've worked in lots of different countries with lots of different people, hundreds, thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, and I have never been in a situation where uh, somebody has very passionately asked me a question and genuinely wanted an answer. I've never been in that situation. Uh, it's always been them wanting to give me their opinion or share their advice or give me their insight. So why do we think, and, and I could share with you that that's my personal opinion, 
But when you go to the experts, the behavioural scientists, the psychologists and the psychiatrists, and the, the, the classic there is a cognitive psychologist. A cognitive psych- psychologist is actually taught to ask questions rather than give advice. That's the whole process of cognitive psychology. It means get the person to think for themselves, get them cognitive, thinking for themselves. And you can't do that if you tell people what to do. So if you go to visit a medical professional and they tell you what to do, you'll probably listen because they're a medical professional. But do they know everything about you? Have they asked you the right questions to get the right information to be able to even give you advice? I'll give you a simple example for that. If somebody says to you, how do I lose weight? You might have the answer to that and you'll say, well, here's what you should do. And this happens in gyms and personal training studios all the time. I'm here to lose weight. So the person, the advice giver, gives their advice. Well, this is how you lose weight. You've got to do this, this, this and this and this. But they never asked, why did you ask me the question? And it might be that they are, they're asking for somebody else. It might be, and I'll give you a beautiful example of that. I said to a young man who said to me, I'm here to lose weight. Uh, he was a member at one of my health clubs in Australia. And I said, tell me about that. What, what exactly does that mean to you? You've asked me, you've asked for my advice. Tell me why you've asked me and what do you want? And he said, well, I want three lines in my shoulders. I want a lump here. I want a lump here. I want those six here. And I want, the, what is it quadriceps? He said, I want four lines in my legs. I'm just quoting what he said to me. Now, You could say that he wanted to lose weight, but technically could it be that he wanted to build muscle and lose body fat, which is different to losing weight because if you're going to put on muscle size, as a bloke, he's actually going to put on weight, not lose weight. But if I hadn't asked those questions, I would have, and I call it vomiting because I think if you don't get enough information about somebody, then how can you deliver advice because you don't even know why they've asked you. So could that be a great question to include in your toolbox? Why did you ask me the question? If you start practicing that, uh, let me know. But it's really interesting to take note that if you actually apply that into your conversation, you may find that people aren't really interested in what you've got to say. It's just an excuse. The question that they've asked you is an excuse to start talking. And if you love finding out about people and if you're genuinely interested in people and you really want to help somebody, well, could that be a really good idea to listen to what they've got to say rather than tell them what to do? Because if you start telling people stuff, if you start telling people what to do, is it possible that you could offend them, they could disagree with you? You might tell somebody that they need to eat, and I use this as an example all the time, they need to eat red meat because it's the highest form of hay and iron. That's a a thing that gets thrown out all the time, particularly to women. If you're lacking in iron, you need to eat red meat. But what if the woman in front of you is a vegan vegetarian and she's a Muslim or she's a Buddhist or she has a, uh, she loves animals and would never eat cows or, or animals that create red meat. Now you've, could, now you've offended her because you didn't ask enough questions. So why do, I'm asking again, this is my begging position, why do we feel the need to give people our opinion? I know it's an ego thing. According to, the, again, the behavioural scientists, if somebody asks for your opinion, it's the greatest form of, of ego boosting. It's the greatest compliment that somebody can give you. I want your advice. I want your opinion. But do they really want your advice and really want your opinion? And would it be a good idea to find out? And if it's, po- if it's possible that they're trying to give you their opinion... Uh, We might now have an argument, we have a conflict, we've got an awkward, embarrassing moment, all the things that break down relationships rather than build them up. 
So whatever relationships you're in, and particularly if you're giving advice, information about how to eat and how to exercise, could it be a really good idea, rather than telling people what to do, is to find out about the person first before you deliver any information? But I'll go through a very simple process, and I use this all the time. It's my beautiful, uh, it's my toolbox that I use. It was not, I didn't create it. It was given to me as a gift uh, by the people who created the best sales systems in the world. How do we sell things effectively? We have to get the person to want to buy the product, not me have to try and sell it to them. That's what the sales experts suggest. But isn't it interesting that there's so much sales training in the world that teaches that? But when was the last time that somebody asked for your opinion, your advice and your insight rather than telling you what to do, particularly in a sales situation? Uh, so many times I've gone to buy a product and people tell me what I want and they even tell me what colour I should have and I'll give you a gorgeous example of that. We were looking at a, we had to do a trip, uh, came in, was fighting and we had to go to South America. So I called the travel agent and I said, uh, we've got to go to South America, what do you suggest? Ooh. Uh, she said, you really should go to, and she gave me a list of places, and she said, Rowie, you really need to go to this place because they make the best tequila in the world, and you're going to love the tequila. It's awesome. Well, I don't drink, and the very one time that I've tasted tequila, to me it tasted like petrol. Not that I've tasted petrol, but it smelt like petrol, and I definitely don't want to drink tequila. But that wasn't a good way to build a relationship. What if she'd said to me, Rowie, what, where would you like to go? What would you like to experience? What food would you like to eat? What alcoholic drinks or any kind of drink would you like to experience? Rather than, Rowie, you're going to love the tequila. They make great tequila. These are great communication tools that seem to be missing. So what if we use this simple tool, box? It, it's a simple series of questions. And think about the last time somebody tried to sell you something or somebody tried to give you information. What if they ask these questions first, which is, what do you really want? What's important to you? Why do you want it? Where do you want it? Where do you want to put it? Where on your body do you want to lose weight? Where is the event that you're going to compete in? When is it going to happen? When do you want it? Is this a short-term or long-term experience or mission or goal? Do you want it today, tomorrow, next week? When is it important to you? Uh, how will you feel when you get it? That's an emotional attachment to whatever it is that you're going to be buying or doing. How you feel if you don't achieve it, you don't get it, you don't put it into your life. Uh, pain is a major driving emotion for a lot of people and it could be the reason why people do something or not do something, the reason why they buy something or not buy something. So first of all, what do you want? Why do you want it? Where do you want it? When do you want it? How will you feel if you get it? How will you feel if you don't get it? Then are you on track or off track to getting it? Because some people are highly motivated and they want it to, to do it right now, which means there's a, a different process to the communication then oh maybe eventually sometime in the future I'll do that different headspace wouldn't it be good to find out are you on track or off track to getting this into your life to doing this to putting this product or service into your life then it, it, I, I don't know why people don't ask this question because I think it's the golden question if you were your own high performance eating an exercise coach career coach injury coach sporting coach what advice would you give yourself because if you ask that question now you can't offend somebody you can't hurt their feelings you can't uh, have an awkward moment because now you'll know why and what they believe in they're going to tell you what they think they should do now even if you don't agree with what they're saying at least now you know where they're coming from so if you were your own high performance weight loss coach what advice would you give yourself
And if the person says to you, the advice I would give myself is I wouldn't eat for 24 hours at a time, I would go on a low-calorie diet, and I would exercise excessively for three hours a day, now you know what you're dealing with, which is different to, oh, look, I don't, I don't really know what I really want to do. I think I probably should eat a few less snack foods and a few less takeaway meals and probably should give up drinking. It's a different headspace. Should we find that out first before we give, it, give information and give advice? Then here's the golden question. If you are a personal exercise coach, an exercise professional, you're a salesperson, what do you want me to do to make sure that you can achieve that goal? What do you want me to do as the person who's selling you this product or service? What do you want me to do to make sure that you can get it into your life, into your house, uh, into your experience by this day, date and time? What do you want from me rather than me telling you what you want from me? Why don't we ask? Wouldn't that be a good idea? then everything that we've ever wanted to achieve, if we haven't achieved it already, is it possible that there's been some barriers or excuses or justifications for why we haven't done it in the past? And if we keep using those same excuses and justifications reasons, is it possible that we won't achieve it, we won't get it, we won't do it? Which is that beautiful question that that asks, what barriers have held you back in the past? Have you made any excuses in the past for not doing this, not achieving this? And if yes, how can we overcome them so if they come up again, we can beat them? Now, that beautiful series of questions, I'll just run through very quickly again. What do you want? Why do you want it? Why is it important to you? Where do you want it? When do you want it? How will you feel if you get it? How will you feel if you don't get it? Are you on track or off track to getting it or achieving it? If you were your own high-performance getting it coach, what advice would you give yourself? If I'm going to help you, what do you need from me? And then what are the barriers or excuses or justifications that have held you back in the past? Could that be a really good idea to ask those questions before we tell people what to do? And I'm going to ask you again very personally, why do we need to? If you have strong self-esteem, self-confidence, you you know what you stand for, you know what your core values are, uh, what other people do doesn't really matter. And why don't we just want to find out about them rather than us having to force our opinion on them? Why, why do we need to tell people what to do? And I find, the reason I'm asking this question, as I always share, every time I, I'm, Romax is here every day. I'm here every day. But there's always an inspiration for why the Romax has happened. And this is the big one for me. I get bombarded every day, like you do, with social media, videos, shorts, clips, posts. People send me stuff all the time from all over the world. And they send me particularly stuff about eating and exercise because I'm a personal results coach and I have an international college for exercise professionals and business people. So I, I have to see a lot of stuff on social media. And what I've noticed, and because I'm taking very careful note now, is it's very rare, if ever, for somebody to say, what do you want and why do you want to do this? Everything is a bombarding of, this is what you have to do. This is what you can't do. You can't have, mustn't have, don't have, shouldn't have these foods. And you have to do this exercise program this number of days per week, this many reps and sets. And these are the exercises you have to do. And you have to do what I tell you to do because I'm the expert. That can be very offensive. And I'll give you an example of that because the last video, the reason I'm standing out here now and the reason why I had to go punch the bag hardly and fastly and furiously for 10 seconds, and I did quite a few of those, is I was sent a video by a young guy. Uh, he's probably 20. And the, the voice 
of this 20-year-old was telling me, because it was designed for women over 50, was telling women over 50 what to do, what they can do, what they can't do, what they mustn't do, what they should do. From a 20-year-old boy telling 50-year-old women what to do, uh, I found it offensive. Now, I can't change what he does, and it was a great learning experience for me because I'm learning all the time. And I never want to offend anybody. How about you? If I'm a 20-year-old person and I want to give advice to a 50-year-old person, could it be a really good idea to use humble, kind, respectful tones? And could it be a really good idea to ask about the person? Is it possible that not all women over 50 have had the same life experience? They don't have the same challenges. They don't have a desire to lose weight, which is one of the statements that he made. He said, if you're over 50, you obviously need to lose weight. That could be very offensive. And I'm just sharing that with you as a personal experience because I would like all of our communication to create great relationships. Romax is about being healthy, fit and strong for the rest of your life. It's about having a career or business that you love. And if you haven't got great communication skills, how could you possibly have a successful business? It's about being financially free. And how can you have a... If you, you can't be financially free if you don't have successful money coming in, successful business, successful career path, so that you've got money coming into your bank account. And how do you build great relationships, great communication skills? So those four big areas of life, healthy, fit and strong, career or business that you love, be financially free and have great relationships with everybody that you come in contact with, could it be a really good idea rather than telling people what to do that we ask and listen, ask and listen? And that beautiful question, we have two ears and one mouth. Could that be a really good differentiation between how often we should use them? I'll go a step further. Could it be a really good idea to zip up your mouth, open up both ears, ask lots of questions and listen before we ever give advice? And if we feel that we need to give advice, I'm going to ask the question, why? Does this person really want your advice? And could it be a really good idea to ask, why did you ask me the question? I'd love you to live your life to the max because life is meant to be lived to the max. Woohoo! Super duper doo. How are you? May we never tell people what to do ever. Woohoo!